it was about to die like that the owl was about to kill it and like it just we just happened to cross paths with it and we spooked it and it was just so weird to see this rabbit like kind of stumble off like completely disoriented uh -huh. it, was, it was wild well you know what isn't that wild is uh this uh, episode of the halcyon frequency podcast uh, featuring myself, Blind. I I'm, I'm your host. Also joined by Sui. How are you doing today? Hello. I am a good. I am a good? What? <laughs> You're a good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing great. Good to hear, Sui. How are you doing, Jess? I'm doing well. I thought we were just chatting, but I, I, I guess we're in we're professional mode now. We've we're, got to we're put in, on my professional. Yeah, okay. I put on my professional pants. I mean, owls are really cool. I, I saw I saw an owl re relatively recently. I was walking up by one of those parks, and it like just kind of quiet swooped just like over my head, and then like landed next to the road. And then it did like the owl thing where it's like spun its head 360 degrees in a very unnatural manner, and then lifted up its knees and walked towards me a little bit, and then flew over top of me. Hmm. Owls are spooky. Owls are cool. They're like the stealth bomber of the of the wildlife world, but. I don't know if we have them here. In the middle of the desert? Yeah. You might have barn owls. I actually don't know. Maybe. But, like, I'm in a neighborhood. I'm not over in the country, so. True. But, like, you'll never see owls even if you do have them, right? Like, that's that's the cool thing about them. Like, you can live somewhere with tons of owls and spend most of your life never seeing an owl because they're True. just, like, the silent night stalkers of the, of the wild. Mm-hmm. I'm just over here drinking coffee at 4.30 p.m. <laughs> I'm over here reading about how owls hunt, and okay. I'm surprised that little rabbit made it out alive. Like, I'm wondering if it just went and died later. <laughs> it just, like, went and died later? It's like, care to elaborate? Well, so from what I'm reading, owls just swoop down on their prey and basically just crush their, their uh, prey's organs and spine. Ooh! And yeah. <laughs> so the fact that this little rabbit, like, I guess that explains why it was so disoriented. So I hope, I mean, it probably... Just, poor rabbit just got completely obliterated and you just watched it fumble off and then just got eaten later. Yeah, probably. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, rabbit life is short. <laughs> true. That's, that's true, why, yeah. That's why there's the phrase breeding like rabbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if their life is short, they got to make a lot of spawn. Yep. Owls, on the other hand, uh, exist to keep the feral bunny rabbit populations down, which are usually massively overly inflated by people who think that they look adorable. Mm, but they are cute, but yeah. Have, have you ever seen a uh, 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 rabbit yawn? Yes. Because, like, they stopped being cute to me the second I saw one yawn. <laughs> <laughs> I had a rabbit actually growing up. Really? Um. Yeah, so when I was, like, eight years old... I didn't have any pets or anything, and I just, I don't know, out of boredom, I started collecting caterpillars from the yard to try and turn them into butterflies. <laughs> and because so my that mom works. took just that bada -bing, as a symbol that she needed to get me a bunny for my birthday. No warning, no asking, nothing. So she just comes home with a big box and goes, okay, look, this is your birthday present. Look what's inside. And I look, and, you know, I'm just like, what is that? Because, you know, I didn't expect it or anything. I looked and I was like, is that real? Is that a robot? What is this? A robot? She wouldn't just randomly get me a pet like this, you know? And we had no idea how to care for rabbits or anything. So, 
Yeah, we had them for like, I don't know, like eight years or something, and then they died. Because my sister got one too um, a few months later. That's like being so. goldfish. I've mentioned at one point that I wanted fish, and then like, I, I, I probably like am not remembering large portions of wanting fish as a younger kid, but like, I remember just wanting fish, wanting fish, wanting fish. And then suddenly we had a ton of fish, and then they all died like within a month. <laughs> and then it was like this slow, painful learning process until finally like me and my little sister had fish and then me and my little sister both moved out. My parents had to take care of our fish for like five, six years until they all finally died. I think they may have given the last ones back to the pet store because some of those fish live a long time. Mm-hmm. Fish are tough. Yeah, well, they're tough in the right environment. Very delicate if you screw up the environment even slightly. Oh, I meant they're, oh, yeah. they're tough to care for. Oh, they're, they're they're tough to keep. Like once you once you get the environment correct, they just kind of manage themselves. But they're it's so easy. To, like especially store bought fish tend to have a lot of like icky. Actually, it's called ick. Yeah, the, we, they all <laughs> died of ick once. <laughs> so yep, I had that happen. It's really sad. I I eventually ended up uh, hanging out with a, a this kid through that I knew through kayaking. Um, whose dad, or not his dad, his, his great uncle who lived upstairs, um, and I think his dad too, they had saltwater fish tanks. Um, so teaching me how to care for a freshwater fish tank was a piece of cake for them because um, they were like keeping corals alive and stuff. Um, oh, they like wow. Clown, they had like clownfish and things. Um, so like they, I, I got to go to the uh, Greater Vancouver like uh, fish caring for club, and that's actually where I got a lot of my a lot of my cooler fish like i had this cool albino like bottom feeder big thing that just sat at the bottom and just like ate all all the things that would fall to the bottom um which i i bought there at like significantly less than i sold it for eventually back to the pet store um i think i sold it for like a hundred bucks and i bought it for like i was like eight dollars or something but like yeah it's it it, fish is neat it's it's a fun hobby but coolest pet i ever had though was a chameleon my dad had them growing up. We had quite a variety. And then at one point, we ended up getting guppies. And so I believe at this point, all we have is guppies or like the family had is guppies. Because um, last I knew, it was just like a bunch that looked the same because they uh, they reproduce. Yep. And then they eat their spawn. Yep. And only the <laughs> speedy spawn survive. I, I, I don't like guppies, <laughs> but... Like, I, I don't know. I just, I have like this aversion to guppies. They're kind of like the bunny rabbits of, of fish. They're like, w- they breed way too easily. There was way too many of them and they die really easily. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like the fish that I always liked having way too many of was neon tetras. Just because all you needed to do was like put a point, a laser pointer into the tank or like put a cool light on it. And they just looked like a light show. <laughs> oh, with guppies, if you, um, if you have guppies and you like wiggle your finger near the glass of the aquarium, they'll run over to it. Yeah. What's, fish are smart too. Like they they recognize their owners and stuff. Like they they know mm-hmm. that you walking past tank mean food. But. Yeah, I kept I kept a number of fish in college mainly because the science department had a bunch of um, fish, you know, for experiments, and then they were just going to kill them all. So my friend was like, "Don't kill the fish, we'll keep them." And then somehow this turned into me having this whole fish tank set up, and then like <laughs> we had a bunch of fish. And then they all got sick and stuff, and it like it just made me so sad. I like I cured them, and then they got sick again, and like just the whole 
like emotional roller coaster of like nursing them back to health and then not and like i just i couldn't do it anymore mm-hmm. but they were cool to have for a while the like keeping the tank clean though is like serious work it's harder than owning a dog yeah yeah no it, it it's the most work you will ever put into having the coolest picture frame ever on your shelf yeah <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's my take on having fish but the the, the most wrong. effort i ever had to put into a pet was i had a chameleon for a couple of years um and we got this chameleon for free from a family friend at the time who is a vet and chameleons are they're like frogs right they can shoot out their tongues to like grab insects but they have a problem which frogs also suffer from but chameleons worse so which is they their tell their tongue is delicate and it's kind of like a one and done deal so if they if the tongue gets damaged they are unable to eat and they will starve to death oh and um with chameleons you should never keep them in a glass terrarium because if a fly or a bug lands on the outside of the terrarium they will shoot their tongue at the edge of the terrarium break their tongue and not and then die basically which is what happened to this little guy. He was in a um, terrarium. He was a, uh, a veiled chameleon. Um, and he was in a glass ter- kept in a glass terrarium and he broke his tongue. Um, so he could only put his tongue out about a centimeter, which means he could still eat if I like killed a cricket and put it in front of him or broke its legs and put it in front of him. Um, but outside of that, he was incapable of eating. And uh, so I basically fed him through a combination. I, I gave him water through a tube, uh, like a syringe. I would put the syringe in his mouth and give him little bits of water and uh, fed him by holding live crickets by the leg in front of his nose and he would bite them. <laughs> um, <laughs> managed to keep him alive for an extra couple of years, which was pretty good considering it was supposed to be put down. Eventually got an infection and died, but it's a good pet for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised to, to hear that they're, they can break their tongues and then they can't survive. That seems like not the greatest survival strategy. <laughs> well, there's no glass in the wild. That's true. Right? Like you, the, the you can the proper terrariums for them are mesh. Like you can get like cloth mesh terrariums which are like pop-up which you can like hang from ceilings and stuff. That's what you're supposed to keep them in, but oh, most people so just cool. put them into um most people will just put them into a glass terrarium and generally have no problems, right? It's only an issue if a fly lands on the outside and they happen to shoot their tongue at it. Right. Mm. So generally, like, you don't need to be concerned, but people Dude, make mistakes. But, like, having a mesh terrarium hanging from your ceiling that has one of them in that sounds so cool. Yeah. No, they're they're awesome pets. Like, if you, like, just go to Google Images and just look up, like, mesh terrarium chameleon enclosure, like, there's some real neat things. What is their native environment? Uh, now we're just all like <laughs> where are veiled chameleons native to veiled <laughs> chameleon it's been a while uh, they don't even look that different from glass like why would you get glass if you can just get the mesh that isn't even hard to see through they appear to like human environments they're so from probably... southern Saudi Arabia and Yemen interesting yeah that's I, I i knew it was that region i just didn't want to be wrong but yeah they they live in the plateaus and the high elevation they're they're little they're little green guys and they're absolutely horribly mean um but if you have them from being very young they can become very tame and just treat you like a giant tree and just climb <laughs> all over you they have like shockingly tight grip like 
I've never met a person with as tight a grip as a chameleon. Like they can just climb up your arm just by gripping you. Like they doesn't hurt, but they can just climb up you. This is just becoming blind talk about pets he used to have cast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I used to have an iguana, so I kind of, they're not, I don't actually know how close an iguana is to a chameleon. You used to have a tree chicken? That was, it was a very, very mean iguana. I don't think there's such a thing as a nice iguana. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have seen nice iguanas. It was, it was so mean. Whenever I hear about iguanas, it's, it's from my moderator, Hobo, who just refers to them as tree chickens because they are like, in, they infest where he lives in Florida and they will just like go into his garden and eat his hot peppers and stuff. And he just, he just gets really <laughs> mad whenever he sees or hears anything about iguanas. <laughs> they're they're vicious like oh they're trying to very trying to get a yeah i was gonna say trying to get an iguana to go like anywhere else like their tails are so huge like the <laughs> they really are and they swing them like clubs oh yeah iguanas are ugh, i'm having bad flashbacks why did you have a pet iguana yeah i've held one so I, I, okay, I got the iguana when I was really young because we went to the fair and they were very irresponsibly, like at the time I didn't really understand, but very, very irresponsibly giving away iguanas as like prizes. Huh. So it was just like a little, a little teeny tiny baby iguana that they were just like giving as like a grand prize to all the, all the kids and stuff. And like in retrospect... A very awful practice. Yeah. But I was very young and didn't really put two and two together, you know. And so we took this iguana home and raised it. And oh my gosh, that thing, that thing was like traumatized from day one. I mean, because it was probably like very horribly raised in the fair situation and traumatized there. And the whole, like just its entire life, it was just pure evil. You know... I don't feel like I've been alive that long. You know, like I'm 28 almost this year. And it's like, I don't think that would even fly now. And that wasn't that long ago. Oh, like giving away animals like, at the fair? Yeah. They like, still just... give away fish. Yeah, but fish aren't animals. We know this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fish don't count. But like, I... I mean, it's like an animal welfare thing. They're kept in bad conditions and they're not given to families that are prepared to care for them and traumatized and stuff. And it makes me feel so bad, like this poor iguana. Most of them probably die or get given to animal shelters. I mean, for whatever it's worth, iguanas are, like, legit a pest <laughs> in certain places. So, like, they're, they're, they're one of those weird creatures. And an another one is bearded dragons, because, like, bearded dragons are so stupid in reality that you can just walk up to them and pick them up. Like, they're just the most docile... <laughs> Like, because they're, they're they're from Australia, right? But like, you can just like walk up to a bearded dragon, pick it up, and walk away with it, and hmm. it, it'll just be okay with it. Like, they're they're like the the polar opposite. But I've seen similar things with bearded dragons at fairs too. And like, they need to eat four times a day, bearded dragons, and they they need like a very large enclosure. They get like a foot and a half long, um, but bearded bearded dragons are neat pets, but they stink. They stink. Like, they're actually just stinky? Like, they poop a lot, and the poop stinks. <laughs> uh... <laughs> like a cat. Yeah, but it doesn't bury the poop, and you get to pick it up all the time. And because they eat four times a day, you, you gotta pick it up 
like four times a day. Ew. Unlike chameleons. Chameleons eat like every 48 hours and they poop like once a week. So they're much better. Neat. This is like one of my favorite things ever. I could just talk about lizards all day, but. Uh... <laughs> I know like nothing about them, to be honest. So what's something you do know about? How's your week been, Suey? Um, it's been good. I've actually been on quite the productivity kick. Um, I think it's because I'm finally not sick. Yay. And my course load isn't too strong. So I've like got a ton of cleaning done. Suboy and I signed up for the local gym, which I'm really, really excited for because they have like different classes like Zumba and yoga and stuff. Oh. And I like I've sweeped the entire trailer. I've gone through and like cleaned out a bunch of stuff that we haven't cleaned out since moving here pretty much. So like I don't know, for like four months. <laughs> uh, I've already finished my homework for the week, too. Um, and it's only Thursday. And it's due Sunday. So that felt nice, nice. too. So you've just got like yeah. a week of streaming ahead of you, then? Uh, no, because oh. I got other things. But <laughs> Other things? There's other things? Yeah. Outside of video games? Like, uh, yeah. tonight I'm raiding in Final Fantasy. And on Sundays what? I do that, too. Yeah, I what? do like savage raiding in Final Fantasy. How dare 14? you play other video games and not make content out of it? Geez. Yeah, it's just <laughs> awful. Well. Yeah. No, and I just hang out with my friends and we try and beat really hard content. Usually we don't. Usually we're sitting there for like three, four hours and get like no progress basically, but it's fun. Sounds like a good so. time. Yeah. Also, I cleaned up my computer. Like all my uh, files and everything are nice and organized and my Steam wish list has kind of been cold a little bit. You know, all that good stuff. The only problem now, though, is I keep noticing that occasionally I'm moving things to folders that kind of need to be rooted where they are at the moment. So my OBS is yelling at me. And then for a little bit, Steam didn't recognize I have most of the games installed. And then I have installed. So I am horrendously bad at like organizing documents like on this current install of windows i have one two three four five six seven windows.old folders with different things in them that i still access and use um oh no including seven different like pictures and my documents folders um i approximately oh. know where everything is in this computer but it hurts which is bad because, like, my apartment is, like, immaculately organized and, like, painfully hyper clean all the time. And, like, I reorganize everything that's physical in my apartment all the time and keep it super clean. My computer is an absolute disaster. We're, like, the opposite. <laughs> like, you live in a pile of laundry, but, like, the computer's really well organized. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, usually. Yeah, basically. Right now I cleaned, but usually everything's a mess. And I mean, it's not perfectly clean right now. It's just very clean to my standards. Mm. Does that Last mean you cleared weekend? a path to the door? No, no, no. We always have a path to the door. Okay. <laughs> That's good. You didn't want a fire hazard. Yeah. I mean, I didn't always have the best path to the door when I lived at my parents' house. But now that I live with Suboy, I kind of feel like I have to somewhat keep up with putting things away. I used to get yelled at because there was you couldn't see the floor in my bedroom under all the Lego. <laughs> Ow. Sounds like my pungent. Oh, no. Yeah, I just Lego all over the floor, right? <laughs> yep. Once again, my stream truly is the pungent. But 
I think uh, I think we're going to take a real quick break here. And you're going to hear a, a message from somebody else in Halcyon Frequency. And then when we come back, we're going to continue this episode of the Halcyon Frequency podcast right after this short message. Do you like indie games? Or what about strategy? Are you tired of screen shake and motion blur? Stop by my streams on Twitch to discover new games and experience wholesome community interaction in a simulation sickness friendly environment. You can find me on twitch.tv slash 2 I'll see you there. And we are back. Once again, this is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. And uh, uh, Jess currently is live on the floor with a uh, collection of tater tots. Uh, h- how are those? Um, they're, <clears throat> they're good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> actively chewing one. Here, we, like I just I did the waiter thing where I was just like, and, and how's your day? Uh, okay. Um, but um, how's, your, how's your food tasting? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thumbs up. Mouthful. Uh, but uh, we got some video games to talk about. So um, I think that it's best that Suey start, mostly because oh. the, the second one that uh, we have on this little listy here um, requires uh, just to not have tater tots in her mouth. So, Suey. <laughs> I mean, okay, but mine also has Jess in it. Now, true. That's true. I didn't notice yeah. that until just now. They all have Jess in them. Crikey. Well, hmm. you start. Okay. So... Um, I finished Gross this <laughs> Song of the Ever Tree like a couple days ago. Yep. And it was so good, and I'm so sad it finished. Like, and I wish there was a little more to it, but you know that's a good thing. You want to end a game wishing there was a little more, rather than feeling like it overstayed its welcome. You know. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I've started Strange Horticulture since then, and I've been really enjoying it. I guess I'm probably, like, three-quarters of the way through it, but I don't actually know. This is just, like, a blind guess, you know? Um, But it's just, it's, I really like the aesthetic, and it has a lot of puzzles, but the thing I like about it is it gives hints, but it does it in a way where eventually it will tell you the solution, but it will just slowly get you closer. So if there's, like, something you missed... Like, at one point, there was a piece of paper on a desk somewhere, and I just didn't see this piece of paper. So, I'm, like, trying to figure out how I'm going to do a thing, and I just can't figure it out. So, eventually, I press the hint button, and it's like, hey, have you looked on this desk? I think I left it there. And so, I look, and I'm like, oh, hey, you know? So, I I have a question about Strange Horticulture, because this is one of those games that I haven't played. Um, I've seen a couple of screenshots, and the screenshots kind of just look like a desk with plants all over it. Um, So, aside from being a very good representation of my apartment, what actually is this game? Like, what's the minute-to-minute gameplay loop like? So, like, the gameplay kind of, in a weird way, looks like the UI and stuff, in a way, is almost like Papers, Please. So you have your desk and you have like different documents and stuff you're looking at and going through. Um, It's not the same because it's like really chill and it's a puzzle game and you just kind of slowly go through it. But the actual UI and workspace does remind me a lot of Papers, Please. I haven't played that. You should. Papers, Please is very good. How have you not played it? What? All right. Add it to to the list. list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like... That's a classic. Okay. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time someone told me that, I could buy all the games. Right. I could buy all the classics. Papers, Please is one of those um, early 
indie takeoffs. Like it's it was made by one person and uh, it came out in 2013, according to the Steam page, and uh, just did, did gangbusters and is amazing and everybody loves it. So it's one of those mm -hmm. early indie hits, kind of like Hotline Miami, around the same time frame as that. But although I don't know how much I'd recommend playing Hotline Miami in the current year, especially if you have any format of motion sickness problems, because like that's a that's a vomit train. Mm. Intentionally so even. But anyway, strange horticulture. So like kind of desk management puzzle game. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely story rich. It's a mystery puzzle game. And it's it kind of got like a Lovecraftian vibe mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. So you're like trying to kind of... There's a mystery, but you don't really know what it is. And then there's murders and you're trying to put the whole story together. And so... Like, the graphics are lovely. The music in it is depressing and repetitive, unfortunately, yeah. so I had to mute it and play my own stuff. I've been debating oh. doing that, honestly, because it's, it's so... It's depressing. It just, just change, change the music. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, I kind of want, like, chill vibes there. I don't really want, you know, this depressing little piano thing that's, you know, a 30-second loop. Mm. Yeah, I understand that. I ended up putting on some, like, atmospheric lo-fi kind of stuff off the pretzel station yeah that's what would work with it really well i think it, it did go pretty well i didn't finish this yet i'm not sure if i'm further than you now sui or if you're further than me i mean i don't know here let me look at how many hours i have in it i don't think that's a represent oh you know what would <laughs> you know what would five. you guys are around the same number of hours <laughs> probably um, achievements <laughs> yeah achievements so have you... We like to be in about the same spot. Have you created an elixir yet? No. Okay, so I'm ahead of you. Spoilers! Ugh! <laughs> I'm sorry! That, no, I don't feel like okay. that's the biggest spoiler. That's in the description on the Steam page, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I got to the point where uh, the game was talking about it, but I had to go. Okay. Okay. So I, I think we're like roughly in the same spot. Yeah, I'm a little... I'm probably like an hour ahead of you. This I, is actually um, something that I might play because I really I, I like I like the theme. I kind of had no idea that it existed until you guys were playing it the other day. So this is a neat mm. discovery for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not hard. I would give the puzzles like a three out of ten difficulty. I, mean, I don't like a difficult puzzles though, so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, that that was fine with me too. Like they're not gonna break your brain, but. They were in depth enough that I was able to like talk with chat about it and like just try things and chat was able to like big brain everything, so it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like difficult puzzle games. Like I, I like hard puzzle games. Like I, I I like a game that's gonna make my brain fall out of my ear, which chat hates because then like I start playing a game and then chat just yells at me and then it's just like a battle between me and the chat as to who can tolerate the other one longer. <laughs> <laughs> well then you, you might not like this one then because it's not really it's got puzzles but i think the focus is much more on the like shop simulator slash mystery mm. well i mean I'm, I'm down for a good mystery and i like plants so and i like puzzles so they, and they don't need to be super difficult but i i don't mind a difficult puzzle i guess is what i'm trying to say but you, you might not like the plant identification guide if you are familiar with IRL plant 
identification guys this one is sorely lacking and very infuriating so just oh i think that's on purpose <laughs> though to make it puzzly but it's annoying because sometimes like i don't know sometimes you look at the pictures sometimes you don't sometimes it'll give like oh it smells like this and sometimes it won't it's so all over the place and the info it gives are they real plants yeah. that you're messing with or are these like made up Ooh. i think they're I made up uh, they're most certainly made up the in the universe or the world that we're in like um i'm trying to remember it's been a minute since i played isn't yeah like these plants can are used as like part of like not magic per se but basically magic i'd call it magic yeah you call it magic yeah hmm. interesting well i'll need to give give it a bit of a look see oh. i think I know how to explain it. It's like alchemy. It's like, you know, mm. magical alchemy more than mm, like yeah. magic itself. Yeah, there we go. Potion makers. Yeah. I'm going into battle and I need your finest potions or strongest potions. Mm, can't wait for potion craft. <laughs> I know. It, I can't it does, wait for potion craft update. It does kind of look oh. like a potion craft derivative to a degree. but What's the, <laughs> what's the potion game that I'm like super hyped for? Hold on. I now need to figure this out. I don't know. Is it Potion Craft? No. Are you sure? Potion, potion Permit, I think. Potion, potion Permit? Potion Permit. Is that the one? Potion. No, 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 no. That's not the one I'm thinking of. What do you say it is, Suboy? Potionomics. Potionomics. Is that the one with the red-haired girl? <laughs> Let's see. I just looked I just looked up um, Potion on Steam. So I got Potion Craft, Potion Permit, yes. potion, potion Tycoon, Potion Explosion, Potion Party. Uh, potion oh yeah, Potionomics. It doesn't even have a Steam page yet. Potion um, Comic Con. Uh, potion Pipeline. No, this is Potion Commotion. Po what? Oh, is that what that word said? Yeah, Potion okay. Commotion. Which actually, I kind of—that's a really catchy name. There's a potion Factorio alike game that looks that uh, is a potion game. <laughs> Lots of spaghetti. Um. All right, well. This game looks ridiculous. Potion Commotion. <laughs> so, so that, is a, that is a good name. Um, <laughs> so, well, that, 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 was, that was Strange Horticulture, which is available on a, a Steam store near you. Um, now, I want to. Who should start Vampire Survivors? Uh, me or you, Jess? Okay, I think we have very different opinions on this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, though. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be mean. Much. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should start because I feel like you can speak to this a little bit better, like having much more experience with this category of game. All right. So I 100% at this game, and I think it's absolutely terrible, and I don't think you should buy it. That's that's my take. But I have a reason for why I think it's absolutely terrible and why you shouldn't buy it. Vampire Survivors is $3 cannon fodder that was probably made in 30 hours. I th allegedly, it runs in Chrome. I don't know if that's true, so it, it, it could run in a web browser. Very simple game. Uh, it's an auto-firing arcade game. That's what I'd call it. Other people are trying to call it like a run-based game. It's really not. It's an arcade game, um, a store, a, like a score attack arcade game where you, you have a character, and uh, 
it, it all your attacks auto fire, similar to many mobile games that already do this. Um, and your character auto fires, and uh, the sprites are practically ripped out of Castlevania, but not quite. Same with all of the items, which are also ripped out of Castlevania, but not quite. Um, all of the enemies are very close derivatives from Castlevania. So it's essentially like a $3 Castlevania fan game, arcade game, wave defense style, or uh, fighting against waves of enemies. Um, your character auto fires uh, as you pick up uh, the the uh, little crystals, uh, which are definitely also out of Castlevania. From the ground, uh, your character levels up, and as you level up, you get to choose new abilities, which add on to your cooldown timers. Uh, in the background, these can be weapons or cooldowns. Now, my problem with this game isn't that it's just a clone of a very common game on mobile. Isn't it? It's not that it's a, a cheap game. My my problem with this game is the progression system. Because the way the progression system works is it's based on drops and getting specific combinations of items. And the game limits the number of items you can have at a time. There is one way uh, if you have two specific passives in one of the two levels to break this. However, um, you, you can only have, up, I think it's six weapons and six passives. Now that means you only have six items, six opportunities to uh, get the correct items needed to uh, get specific evolutions to unlock new stuff. Now, the problem with this is it doesn't scale. Every time they add more items to the game, this problem is going to get worse because you need to get a specific combination of items for them to evolve to get the progression to be able to unlock more items. And I was so frustrated by the end of it because I did five runs in a row trying to unlock a specific item and I just didn't get the drop for both items throughout the entire run. And yes, it's cheap. Yes, it's borderline copyright infringement against Castlevania, which, quite frankly, I don't like Konami, so go ahead, rip off Castlevania. That's fine with me. But the problem is, is there is so many examples of very similar games around very similar price points or even free on mobile combined with so many other games that are also, it's just $3 on Steam already, that why play a game that is straight up a clone of other things that already exist, that have existed for a long time, when you could simply not? That's my take on Vampire Survivors. Okay. <laughs> that... Hmm. So, I guess my take is coming from a different perspective in that I've not played anything like it really before. Like, it's just kind of an entirely new category for me. Like, I couldn't even classify it. It's just a wave-based arcade game. There's billions of those. Yeah, well, I've not, I haven't played stuff like that. So, this was kind of my first dive into something like this, and I actually found it really fun. I thought the mechanics were simple and accessible. The graphics were simple, but you know, kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reminiscent of like older consoles. It's and straight the up Castlevania stuff. I have not played that either. Mm. Um, and it's a fairly simple gameplay loop. And what I do appreciate is doesn't require the player to mid-max to win. 
Like, yeah, you have to get your certain combinations of items to get the achievements, but you don't need those certain combos of items to win. And you technically, if I want to mince words, I guess, you do get more than six tries to get your items. You get a try every time you level, but if you're going for achievements, yes, I, I feel... I feel the pain. That That's the thing, though, is because you can only have six weapons and six passives at a time, right? Yep. So you do only get six tries. Because you, you, get three, you get three items, and if you max out your luck, you can get four per level, or every time you try to level. And if the game just doesn't pull the item that you need for the unlock, then you're SOL. Which is extremely frustrating and scales terribly. Like there, I, I I listed off many while I was streaming it. I had listed off many ways how they could fix this. They could implement a shopkeeper that prioritizes items that you may need for unlocks. Um, they could add in several different mechanics that could make that better. But right now they don't have a roadmap, and it's a game that wasn't intended to suddenly sell a bajillion copies. Which sold a bajillion copies because its first impression is really strong. I liked it for the first two hours. Um, but, and at that point you could argue, I've already got my money's worth for, for three bucks, but I would argue by that point, it felt like time wasted instead of, instead of time well spent. And it just kind of, for lack of a better term, is a waste of store shelf space. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that like people shouldn't get paid for their work, but I think that there are games that deserve that level of promotion more. Um, it is nice to play games that are extremely accessible, but like there are other extremely accessible games, like, uh, just as an example to throw one out, Islanders is almost the same price currently on sale because of the lunar sale that's going on right now. That's a little town builder, um, significantly more competent game, um, doesn't suffer from these problems. Um, I just, I, I wish it was a better designed thing. It's just, it feels like many game jam games I've played in the past that, take assets from other things so i've kind of said my piece on it but that's that's my take on vampire survivors um well i i think for the price it was it was definitely worth it for me i haven't had as much fun playing a game in a long time like feeling compelled to like go back to my computer and stay up way past my bedtime and just like one more run one more run just for the past like few nights now that's fantastic. i have i have like really 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 been enjoying it and so like i definitely see the the complaint but at the same time i can understand why it's been successful and i don't necessarily think that development time doesn't make a game as worthy of having a good reception it's a it's a good it's a good gameplay loop with decent mechanics all smushed together and it's just a, it's a good formula I don't know. Agree to disagree, I suppose. <laughs> I think it's a waste of everybody's time and they shouldn't be putting $3 on it because there's better free games out there. But um, Next thing, I, I don't know. Do we, do we want to keep talking about Vampire Survivors? Because we've got this thing here that's just Vampire Survivors versus, ma versus Magic Survival. And I haven't even, very, I've barely looked at Magic Survival. So what, what hmm, is this that, exactly? That was just something I, sorry, I just put a tear top in my mouth. But Oh no. <laughs> that was something I noted down. Because Solentre was digging through Reddit forums about vampire survivors and found a link to this game, Magic Survival, which is on Android, Android only. Um, 
I thought it was very interesting because it looks just like Vampire Survivors. So as you were saying, ripped assets and free-to-play games, it, I'm not really sure about how the leveling works or the character system, but just looking at it, it looks just like it. Yeah. I mean, I would actually, I, I'm, I'm going to just be kind of blunt when I say, I think that like looking at these screenshots and looking at the gameplay of, of um, uh, Magic Survival, this looks like a better game to me. Um, yeah, it's free to play on Android. I mean, for one thing, it's got a unique art style um, and it isn't, well, I, I, I don't want to like accuse uh, Vampire Survival of ripping assets because I don't think they are. Um, but they are definitely cloning assets. It's it's like it's inspired by it to the point where it just looks like fan art to me. If that makes sense. Um, right, and that's what that's what the Reddit thread was saying. Like, I don't get it. Isn't this game just magic survival? <laughs> yeah. Um but and like so like yeah. flipping through the, the screenshots, it, they do look eerily similar. Mm-hmm. But that's also just like the way of mobile releases. I mean, to me, uh, I, I did kind of say I was done like ripping on this game, but to me, this game is it just got caught up in the YouTubers who play 30 minutes of a game, release a video, it gets hundreds of thousands of views, and then they play another game and they never think about that game again. It's it got caught up in that um, without name dropping anybody. And if you go look up this game right now, there's a lot of videos with a lot of, with a lot of views. And I just, I don't think it deserves that. It's it's not a bad game. And like, if, if you want to play it, that's fine. But it has a lot of really bad decisions that I don't think will scale. And you'll probably not feel ripped off for three bucks, but I do. So, yeah. Well, the good news is, is that, I mean, uh, games can evolve. And so changes might happen maybe they'll I, test I it and it find it doesn't work i hope it does but good feedback so, positive feedback overwhelmingly positive feedback rarely equals improvements and that game's got extremely positive feedback so mm, i don't know but i just don't necessarily think that you can judge a game for planned content because that can always change. And I know that there are situations where like, yes, sure you can, but until it's in your hands, you know, it's, you can't if you, completely judge it. If you are selling a product, I can judge it as is. That's how I've always operated. And that's how I always will operate. There are some examples where if something is extremely unique, like Dwarf Fortress, for example. Dwarf Fortress has a lot of things that I could criticize it for that normal games I would criticize. But because it's so unique and there's nothing else that does what that game does, I withhold those criticisms to a degree. But with something like this, it's a clone of a mobile game. I can criticize it all I want. Sure. So. But, um... Also, looking at the list here, you got uh, a couple other games. Do you want to? Do we want to touch in with something else? Or yeah, no, I just listed all the games I played in the last two weeks. But I'm pretty sure after you talked about Expeditions last week, do you have an update for that, <laughs> or is it still just still enjoying? Still, yep, still enjoying. I went back and played Unpacking after our first session recording it. I just 
finally broke down and tried it and it was great totally worth it <laughs> lovely game yeah absolutely completely worth it and then today i played cuphead and i still haven't beat it the last boss is so hard are you just are you on the final stretch now then for cuphead yeah Maybe. i am it's really difficult how how far into that game are like hour count wise Mm, nearly 50 hours wait hey damn <laughs> hold on i want to look up the how long to beat how long to, does it take to beat cuphead uh probably not nearly that long yeah I, I mean i'd be that long too but i um it took uh, a, a long time for me to kind of get my bearings with the whole platformer bullet hell thing are are you doing everything because the completionist um, time here is 22 and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've beat... I don't know what completionist entails exactly. It's getting I've, all the achievements, I think. I beat all the bosses and stuff. I don't think I've done the, the achievements. No, I'm not. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I need to watch that TV show when that comes out, because that, that looks like it's going to be cool. But... Um, yeah, that was uh, Vampire Survivors, Expeditions Rome, Cuphead, and Unpacking. And Strange Horticulture. And Strange Horticulture, back at the beginning. I think uh, it's time for us to take another break here. And uh, we're going to come back with a couple quick news topics. And then we got some uh, uh, Discord questions. Uh, if you join the Discord, the Halcyon Frequency Discord, uh, links on the website and various other places, um, you can ask us questions in the podcast questions room. You can also discuss topics in the podcast topics room if you want. Anyway, we'll be right back after this quick message. Well, hi there. Do you like video games? Do you like cats? Maybe even otters? Well then, do I just have the place for you? FG's Otterly Cataporium, streaming live only over on Twitch.tv. Well, <clears throat> um, hi. Yeah, hi. I'm FG. I play a wide variety of games Monday through Fridays at 9am GNT over on twitch.tv slash fgsquared. I also have a very noisy cat named Panda, who for once is actually not being noisy. And our mascot is a cute little otter named George. So come on over and I hope to see you soon. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed that quick message. Uh, once again, this is the Halcyon Frequency podcast for January 30th, 2022 which I keep having to remind myself what year it is. Uh, the first <laughs> news topic we have here on, on, on the list uh, is Sui's subject. So, Sui, would you care to take us away? Yeah, so Final Fantasy XIV earlier this week had a update. It's just one of the little ones, doesn't add any story. All it was was um, some adjustments to the different classes, but they also added an Oceana data center. So people who are in Australia, places like that, that side of the world, if you've been wanting to play and you can't do to lag and whatnot, you can now give that a go. Can I just say that from somebody looking into that game from the outside, because I don't play Final Fantasy XIV, it looks like it's one of the biggest games in the world and it's absolutely bonkers to me that they didn't have a server at Oceana. Uh, yeah, honestly it is. Like it the, is insane. That's kind of nuts. Um, <laughs> most of the people who were in Oceana played either on the Japanese server or, I mean, one of the English ones. So either one that's in Europe or America. So any of the others. But 
So they're all kind of split between all of them. A lot of them went Japanese, but the problem is, like, none of them speak Japanese. I believe there's a uh, couple places in that server where uh, it's mostly English speakers, and then there's other ones that aren't. Um, and, yeah. Man, that, that, that's crazy. Well, uh, is, is the game currently for sale, or is it still, like, off sale? I believe it went back up to for sale. I'll have to double check. It is. It is. Okay. Um, it is back up for sale now. Um, people can also do world transfers again. When this episode comes out, it will be able, they'll be able to though for sure. That that that's good to hear. Uh, that's I'm I'm just kind of flabbergasted that they didn't have an Oceana server. Um, but uh, next little piece of news we got here is um the the this Steam, um handheld portable computer tablet thingamajigger uh is uh launching february 25th and shipping on the 28th um so that's kind of cool also they are um drastically upgrading uh the way steam cloud saves work so currently they're kind of finicky um but they are trying to tweak cloud savings so that uh you will be able to just pick up and go and keep playing on the same save that you were playing on your PC, which I think is uh, about damn time, frankly, <laughs> um, because <laughs> Steam's existed with cloud saves for how long? So um, if you want to, if you if you are looking to get one of these, you might want to get your get it on your wish list for I think five bucks right now. Um, so put a hold on one. Um, really curious to see how that ends up turning out. Uh, did, did either of you order one, or is it just Kiri no, who got one? I want one, but. I just don't have the money, you know, full-time student. Yeah. Yeah. We, when we, when it first was announced, we were kind of in the same boat, you know, and I don't know if Slentry ever ended up uh, reserving one, but I, I, I want one now. I've wanted one for a while, but this cloud sync thing, and it also says that what's cool is that if the device goes to sleep while the game is running on the Steam Deck, it will still work on PC. Like, it will still sync. Which is awesome. I'm really, really, really curious about this device. I kind of don't want one because I don't... Like, the games that I would play on it, I don't want to play on an analog controller. Um, so it's kind of a non-starter for me because I, I like... The I, the types of games that I would play on it, I, I want to play on a, like, keyboard and mouse, right? Um, mm. So for me, it's kind of a, a no-go just from the default. Um, but I'm really curious to see what it does to Linux gaming because it runs Linux, right? It's running SteamOS uh, natively. I'm also curious to see how badly people can hack this thing into a billion pieces. Like, I, I want to see people, like, in install other OSs on it. I want to see people just put Windows on this thing and, like, install, like, uh, the, the Epic Game Store and run different stuff. I want to see people listening to Spotify on this thing. I want to see people programming on this thing. I, wa I, I want to see what it's capable of just from a tech standpoint because I'm curious. Um... But I, I, I hope it's successful because, like, I, I don't know if either of you guys remember the um, the back when Steam launched. I'm doing the biggest air quotes, which don't play on, on audio, but consoles, the Steam boxes, where they had, like, branded PCs that would run SteamOS. Do any of you guys remember mm. that? No. Kind of. Kind of. When was that? I, I, I don't even remember. That was, like, late teens, wasn't it? Like, 2017-era-ish, 18, something like that. But... I just I hope this doesn't go the way of that because steam machines, steam machines, yeah, those things, um, which were just PCs and people figured out that they were just PCs pretty quick that they kind of stopped, but like, 
like this is an idea that like N Nvidia made one of these like the 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 Nvidia what what you gonna call it um Nvidia uh, Nvidia what's the name of the Nvidia tablet uh actually just look up Nvidia Switch and I think I'll find it uh what was the name of that thing so I'm looking at the Steam Deck website and it looks like you can straight up just plug a keyboard in and a mouse in you can basically turn it into a computer you can plug in like a fighting stick all that kind of cool stuff I, I already knew Savoy I saw it on the website Savoy <laughs> plays um a lot of fighting games so he has a fight stick of his own so he was like tapping me and just like dude 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 the fight stick <laughs> but like you see I can I can do that on my computer like if, if I'm plugging a keyboard into it I don't need it anymore at that point right but mm -hmm. I don't know you looks know like an interesting I'm device. actually I'm actually really excited because I am the kind of person who's like, you know, I really want to play this game, but I don't want to sit at my desk. <laughs> Insert any long RPG or like story heavy game where I'm just like, I don't want to sit at my desk. I'm going to be on the couch. I think this could be really good for kids, especially like kids that have uh, disabled, not disabled words, divorced parents because... It'd be an easy computer to move around. Not not to, like, call us all old in here, but kids don't play games with controllers. They play games on tablet or phones. Oh, right. They play games on, <laughs> like, smartphones. Like, Fortnite, they, they play right. on the phone, right? They play they play PUBG on yeah. the phone. They, 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 all that, yeah. They, they right. play Genshin Impact on the phone. <laughs> Also, oh, this thing's more sad. expensive than most phones, so um, I, I don't know if it'd be great for kids. Well, I mean, it, it probably would be great. I just I don't think that that's the kid thing that the kids would put on the on the wish list necessarily. Um, I know it's on mine. Yeah. And I'm just a big kid, right? Yeah. I mean, like I I mm -hmm. would say it's probably on my wish list. I mean, there are, there are games I would I would play on it. Um, it's just not a huge priority, and the price is a bit steep for me. Um, but. Steam Deck! It has a release date. So we'll have to, like, drag Kiri on here to talk about it when hers arrives. But um, I've got uh, one other article here just because I thought it was funny. Um, so many of you are probably familiar with uh, the uh, drama vision going on at Activision Blizz things. Um, and uh, I have this article here about how Bobby Kotick wanted to buy a gaming website to change Activision public Activision's public narrative. So a report has come out um, that one Bobby Kotick uh, suggested, well, but this is before Microsoft's acquisition was announced, um, and this allegedly happened in roughly November. Um, Bobby Kotick suggested uh, that perhaps Activision Blizzard should look into buying Kotaku or Vice um, to may write articles about uh activision blizzard that were more popular so this is while they're getting you know sued for sexual misconduct uh they're 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 in the the deepest holes of uh that that a company like that could be in um they have people walking out on strike they have people protesting uh their stock value was dropping and he's suggesting that they buy a uh gaming publication to make them write good articles about Activision Blizzard. I I just Yikes. I, I, I can't wait until this man is out of power. Yep, yeah, all I have to say to that is yikes. 
it's just more of an anecdote than anything at this point because um, Bobby Kotick is still going to be um, heading up Activision Blizzard until t- summer 2023, which is when the deal's supposed to close. And then at that point, he just has to report to Phil Spencer. But I just, I don't see a world where Bobby Kotick and a, like, money bags of this magnitude who seems to think that, yeah, you just buy the newspaper, right? Um, I mean, that's what politicians do, but he's, he's, he's in this position now where it's just like, this this man shouldn't be in any position of power o- over top of anybody, and he's getting the biggest golden parachute. But uh, shout-outs to uh, Wall Street Journal and uh, Polygon for that story. I think Wall-, Wall Street Journal originally reported it, but I'm looking at the Polygon article, so it's uh, it's just kind of sad. <laughs> At this point, but um, that's kind of, yeah. d- d- I don't know, do, do, do either of you have anything to say on the subject or should we just move over to? No, to, to I have questions? a lot to say on that subject, but it's, you know, <laughs> just, I'd rather not even start. You know, what could be interesting, though, is for us to kind of give a TLDR for uh, definitely not me and for viewers, not viewers, but listeners that don't know much about Bobby Kotick. Dude, so, act, do you know about Activision Blizzard, right? Yes, I know. There was a huge Me Too movement with it. He's the CEO of that company. Okay, but did he specifically do something? Did he, like, what did, you know? Yes. Okay. <laughs> to all of your questions. Like, um, every, when, when you have a destroyed corporate culture, it often points up, right? Yes. The worse things get, the higher it goes. And Activision Blizzard is a company that is very much rotten to its core with Bobby Mm. Bobby Kotick at the helm. Um, A lot of the worst reports that came out that were attributed to other people initially after... um, like the uprising of the uh, employees at Activision Blizzard started around the and the lawsuit started when when that happened the a lot of the worst reports that the like comments that came directly out were penned by Bobby Kotick um there are many many emails that have been released of him just like straight up ignoring allegations and problems arising or just squishing them, or he's also um the the guy who okayed laying off eight hundred people. Uh, taking a multiple million dollar bonus um, oh, that was over $100 million. It was like $140 million bonus or something. And then uh, reported record uh, income that, that like the, 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 the company was at a record value and uh, they paid out to their shareholders record amounts of money. And also they laid people off because they couldn't afford them. He's, he's that guy. So he's the guy making all the decisions behind the helm of a company that is falling apart while he's bragging about how much money he's making and then jokes about buying a newspaper to uh, fix the problem by simply silencing the media. Ooh, that sours my taste a lot because I didn't really know too much about him prior to this. Bobby Kotick is a person who has been so hated in games media where if you if you just go to Google and for a while there it's not the case anymore unfortunately but if you type in bobby kotick the first picture that would pop up was a picture of him with with devil horns <laughs> this was in like 2016 or 2017 era um and he actually like put out a public statement about it complaining about it that it was making it harder for him to get girlfriends because <gasps> oh people would google God. him and that was the first thing they'd see <laughs> that's amazing um 
so yeah, fall off the planet, Bobby Kotick. Just go get in your yacht and never come back. Hopefully get arrested in a decade for doing something you shouldn't be. Um, so yeah, that, that's Bobby Kotick. Being Bobby Kotick, I guess. Um, so now uh, let, let's move on to a more hopeful, happy uh, set of topics. Um, let's just scroll up here. And uh, Jess, do you, do you want to start off with a listener question or should I point at one? Because I think Ascension is the first user submitted question that we haven't read yet. Uh, yeah, you point. Origins of usernames. <laughs> oh, mine, right. mine is so simple. <laughs> so Ascension asks, uh, what are the origins of, of your usernames? I know some are more obvious than others, but I feel like there could be some cool stories behind them. Jess? Uh, mine literally came down to I needed a screen name, and I, I wish I had a better story. I, I don't. <laughs> I needed the screen name and it just was kind of kind of what I went with at the time and I just have never really changed it because it, I don't know I've thought that maybe I should rebrand to something quote unquote more professional but I don't know gosh rebranding is scary it's oh, just Marty's question it's just me um the question also says have you ever changed your username what did it used to be yeah, but I don't know well, if I, I want to that Well, I can't answer that one. <laughs> uh, so, I, I mean, Sui, do you want to do this one, and then I'll, I'll take it last? Sure. Um, so, my username, so, okay, so my first username I had was, okay, I've gone through a lot of usernames, first off. Um, so, as a young kid, my username was an animal I liked, and then my initials, I'm not going to say anything beyond that. Um, then when I came up with my, like, first proper online name that I had for a while, it was my favorite name at the time, and then it was The Singer, <laughs> which is just so dorky, and I eventually ended up hating it, but I was just, like, really into trying to sing when I was younger. I'm terrible at it, but I thought I was so cool and stuff, so I did that. And then for a while after that, when I finally went, oh, this is cringe, um, my username was Gamer, and then my first name. And then that got a lot of toxicity online, believe it or not, having Gamer and then a female name. It harnesses a lot of toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because that was, like, super toxic, um, a little bit before I started streaming, like, a few months prior to streaming... I kind of was just sitting there, and I was like, you know, I don't like my username. People are toxic. I don't like it. And so I just kind of like sat there for, I don't know, a couple months trying to think of a new name. And I was like, you know what? I like the way Suey sounds. And so then I got out a notepad and just wrote down all the ways I thought it could be spelled. And I just aesthetically liked the way I spell it. That's like way too much thought for a username. Thanks. <laughs> like I couldn't think that hard. <laughs> um, so history of username. Um, geez. The first username I remember making for anything was Lego Cello Boy. Um, 
I must have, I pro, I wasn't even 10, I don't think. That was like a, a name that I had in an IRC chat for a bit. And I think I had a Yahoo account associated with that for a brief period of time. That account might still exist somewhere on some server. Um, but uh, so that that was like the original. And I, I played a, a MUD for a bit under that name. I can't even remember what it was, but text-based uh, MMO. Um, then I made a RuneScape account, uh, which I championed the... Um, two favorite things in life, which was Star Wars and Satan. So I was uh, like an, an edgy little kid who really liked Iron Maiden and Metallica. So I was uh, obviously R2-D2-666 um, <laughs> for a good couple of years there. Uh, eventually, I, I changed it to something else, which I don't actually want to out because every now and again, I do play RuneScape. And please don't bomb that account. Um, but uh, then I... Then, then I moved over to first-person shooters and some MOBAs. Um, and I had varying names on different games for a while. Uh, then I turned into a bit of a weeb. And during that period of time, I would try it because I, I really liked Death Note for a number of years. So I. You had a weeb face? Yeah, I would. I, bruh, what? I, I, I dated a cosplayer for 10 years. Yeah, I had a, I, I had a, what? I had a weeb face. Yeah. I'm um, still in it. <laughs> no. It's far gone. Um, but uh, let's see. So I, I had Inuyasha with a lot of numbers on a couple things. I was, um, I, I really liked Death Note, so for a while there on the free-to-play shooter Crossfire, I was a capital L with three spaces afterwards, which was, I was very proud of that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, my friends in the same group that we were in changed their name to A-I, or A A M E A M and an E, so we were lame, which was fun. <laughs> that, 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 that was good times. Uh, but, uh, so I was a capital L for a bit. Then I was variations on that. Uh, then it was like two cool words plus a lot of hyphens and brackets for a couple of years. I think at one point I was like uh, like high up with like a lot of X's and brackets and things. Very like nonsensical things. Like I couldn't even remember like far light at one point for a bit. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. I had so many usernames in that era. Um, and then uh, I needed to make a League of Legends account for the beta of League of Legends in 2010, I think, um, which was the first iteration of blind IRL because I didn't see well, and that was commonly known amongst my friends that I didn't see well, so everybody called me blind anyway. So I just kind of went with blind in real life as self-deprecating humor at the time, and it just kind of stuck. So that's my username. I think I'll, I'll ask this question to uh, other people as they come on the podcast over the next yeah. little bit because this is one that we can kind of pass around over the next couple of weeks so i think we can return to it um but that's uh yeah i wish i had a better username story i'm surprised that you can remember how many usernames you've had because i'm over here like i know i had more than this one but what are they all <laughs> oh i remembered another one i used to have uh -huh. the actual first one i came up with okay um was web for uh webkins it's kind of oh. aging me a bit um yeah i was that. like what five <laughs> <laughs> and so at that age i was like all right i want to be everyone's best friend so my username is gonna be best friend and then it had some numbers after it hmm. kids are cute So uh, the, the the next question on here, um, I, I think Jess should read it because it's it's cilantro. Uh. <laughs> okay, 
If you had the choice to give one game or series a sequel, which one would you choose? Hmm. Anybody? Um, I don't know. I thought about this one really hard, and my answer is IDK. IDK? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I, I racked my brain and I couldn't think of a single thing. So, the first thing that came to my mind was My Time at Portia, but we have My Time at Sandrock coming out soon, so it's getting a sequel, you know? Um... My other idea for something that would be really cool to have a sequel is probably Tacoma, because I just absolutely loved the story of that game, and I want more story of that game. Did you play their first game? What? That studio's first game, Gone Home. No, I've played Tacoma, and that's it. You should play Gone Home. It's the same people. It's like two hours long. Oh, shoot. It's, I gotta play it's a that. Coming of age story, which I think you would probably love. Also, you should read about the drama that happened around that game about length of games and gameplay in games and whether or not games are worth money because there was a lot of drama around that when that game came out. Ooh, really? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a it was an entertaining two hours <laughs> for me, anyway. Um, <laughs> I really liked it. I don't know. There's just something about it that I really liked, and I wish there was more. I, I mean, I, I would say that Tacoma is a better game than Gone Home. Like, Gone Home's much more primitive. It was made by... There was less of them in the studio at the time, and it um, had a much harder... Uh, or rather, didn't get as much of a... Uh, like, it, it, Tacoma didn't make as much of a splash as Gone Home when Gone Home came out, but, like, it, it's it's a much more basic game, but it's, it's still the similar kind of, like, storytelling premise, so with voice acting and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at like lists of PlayStation games and like everything that I liked had a sequel. Well, I mean, not everything, but they were all part of series or have since come out with already have sequels and games that I've discovered in recent years that are like sequels to the originals, you know, like. The game I like is the sequel. <laughs> I, th I think the problem is, like, at least currently, a lot of games that release, if they're successful, they get sequels now. So if you've started playing games more recently, um, I think that maybe the feel of, like, oh, if only they'd make a sequel to Magic Carpet just doesn't quite ring as true to a lot of people. Um, but... Well, not only that, but... You know, when games used to release as physical discs or um, uh, cartridges, that that was it. To get an yeah. update, you needed a whole new game. But now developers can just push out updates and DLC and stuff. So you don't necessarily need a sequel. You just need an update. I have one because I, I know it's one that even if they did make a sequel to it, it wouldn't be as good um, because it was very much a time and place game. And uh, that's Alpha Centauri, Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri. They sort of did make a sequel to it, which was Civ Beyond Earth, or rather a successor to it, but it was absolutely horrendous. So, uh, well, not absolutely horrendous. It was just a, a reskin of Civ V um, to be fantasy. Um, the interesting parts, for those of you who haven't played it, of uh, Alpha Centauri is it's a science fiction 4X, 
It's a science fiction 4X with a world that changes based on how you play. So if you produce a lot of fossil fuels, uh, the polar ice caps melt and the, el- the oceans rise. Um, if you, uh, like there, there, there's ways to completely change the way the map plays. Um, you can cause the apocalypse. The writing of the different factions are incredibly in depth. Like um, uh, end- the Endless games, Endless Space and Endless Legends have a similar kind of writing, but the writing in Alpha Centauri was better. Um, it had incredibly in-depth characters and lore and intrigue that made sense. And I've never played a strategy game that lives up, that holds up to that level of, I could just sit here and read about the people that I'm playing as and be entertained. (laughs) Like, I don't even need to play the game, but also the game is incredible. And I think that it's kind of a perfect storm of... Like, just from the time, the technology that they had at the time and the people that were working on the game was just kind of perfect. And I'm going to kind of cheat this question because I have a second one. Um, so I'm going to take Jess's, which I, 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 know they're, <laughs> I know they're never going to make a sequel to this game um, because they're owned by Tencent and Tencent wants them to just keep cranking out oxygen not included and uh, don't starve. And that being Clay. Um, Clay Games is a studio that I have a love-hate relationship with because I can't stand Don't Starve and have absolutely no interest in Oxygen Not Included. Those games are very good for people who like them, and I also have no interest in Grifflands because I don't want to play a card game. And apparently they put out something called Hot Lava, which I also don't want to play. But a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, they put out a little game called Invisible Inc., uh, which is the espionage, spy, fantasy, turn-based strategy game that I always wanted. Uh, it's a run-based game, so you know you you, you do run th- you do runs through a relatively short game. It's about five hours, so it doesn't have the problem of like um, XCOM, where the uh, a campaign of that game lasts for 150 hours. Um, it is it has a striking art style. The world is cool. It's very cyberpunky. There's hacking, and you kind of get attached to your characters, and they level up. But if they die, like, you know, you can just do another run, so it doesn't matter so much. Um, That was my Binding of Isaac for a bit. I played a lot of that game. It has the coolest achievement I've ever seen in a video game, which I'm not going to spoil. And they'll never make a sequel to it. What game is this? Invisible Ink by Clay. The people who made uh, Don't Starve and uh, Oxygen Not Included. But it was... It was successful uh, enough at the time, but nowhere near as successful as Don't Starve and nowhere near as successful as their other franchises. So uh, I've, uh, having talked to the designer of that game at TwitchCon, uh, they will, they're not going to make a sequel to it. So. Invisible Ink. It's on sale right now. No, oh, probably. 75% off. Yeah, it's five bucks. That that that's a that's a very very good game. They also have a, a DLC campaign which adds a another camp a, a bunch more options, which is uh, called Contingency Plan, which is currently a dollar thirty. So yeah, very very expensive game. Hmm. Jess wants this game. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave us such a good review. Yeah, that's that's my that's my pledge of allegiance to Invisible Ink. Um. So scanning. I wish I had an answer for this. Eh, if one pops up, you can shout it. Um, 
So I'm going to read this question, which almost sounds like it's for me, which is from Cutest Ghost, and they ask, uh, have you listened to any good songs and, or albums lately or a favorite album from last year on Spotify or otherwise? While I pull something up. Either of you want to take this one? <laughs> you you did skip a question. Oh, did I? Yeah. I skip? Oh, uh, no. well, let's three? do this one. We'll go back. <laughs> okay. I can answer this pretty quick. Um, so my problem is is I use Spotify and then I just use the daily mixes and like the Discover Weekly. So I don't really know what I'm listening to to be completely honest. But my all-time favorite band did recently release a song. It within the past month they released it called Shut Off the Lights. It's by Bastille. And I actually like that one a lot. I've been kind of not been into a lot of their newer stuff and just the band in general recently. But I really like that song. Jess, do you have anything to pop out here? <sighs> or do you, do, you, do you want me to take it while you think? Uh, the problem is I don't have Spotify on this account. And so I'm like sitting here. Uh... <laughs> Trying to just like brain together. Yeah. The existence of music. Yeah. You, you want to know a life hack is you can sign into Spotify in a web browser. But um, my, uh, my, my, <laughs> hmm, I have two polar opposites for this one. <laughs> um, so I got two albums, probably my top two albums of last year. Um, Screen Violence by Churches with a V. Um, it's a very girly album, but uh, absolutely fantastic. I, definitely wandered around at night a lot listening to um pretty much that whole album on repeat violent delights is a particularly good song um it's just good synthy pop i guess because <laughs> it's, it's it's just that kind of thing it's very vanilla easy listening stuff um and then i'm gonna throw something out completely out of left field um which is my other favorite album of last year, which is Eternal Blue by Spirit Box. Uh, particular shout-outs to the song Holy Roller, which I, and apparently the rest of Spotify, had on repeat 12 million times last year. Uh, they're a, a metal band from Vancouver, very or Vancouver <laughs> Island, very degenty, very heavy, very loud. Um, their, their lead singer is really pretty, um, and she screams real loud. So, yeah, very much like... Uh, Eternal Blue by Spirit Box, fantastic album. So, I I did enjoy listening to Churches. I have listened to this album. I think I've listened to some songs on it. I really I really enjoy them. I would agree. They're very synthy. They're very poppy. Good depression music. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoy them and MXMS are probably my favorite depression musics. Well, also like. All of the synth pop stuff that kind of came out of the um what's it called uh i don't know kind of the indie pop scene i like the indie pop scene that's my scene <laughs> yeah, then you never have heard of any of the people i bring up and you're just like indie pop you mean like biggest record label bands that call themselves indie that aren't actually indie like devolver digital who's traded on the public market anyway um <laughs> Let's, uh, let, 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 let's, uh, uh, Jess, could you take this one that's above the one that I just asked that I skipped I didn't, I didn't answer this question myself. Oh, okay. 
then. <laughs> Although I don't really have an answer, and then I, I'm, <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, I don't necessarily have like a specific album. Basically, I just I have moods really, and like I listen to music for like for mood, and so I tend to really enjoy. I do like a lot of indie music. I like synthwave and like different types of synthwave. And I also like a lot of, <laughs> I know people are surprised when I talk about it, but I do like post-hardcore and screamo slash emo slash metal slash insert. Really? Yes. <laughs> How have so, I known you this long and not known that you like post-hardcore? <laughs> what? <laughs> I know yeah, that about so, you. <laughs> so I, a lot of people are surprised for some reason. Um, I... Recently, I, I know I've talked to you in like a voice call about how I discovered Dance Gavin Dance and was like obsessed. So basically, since the pandemic, I've started, I've been like obsessed with Dance Gavin Dance, which has finally been tapering off in like recent months. But um, I think Spotify told me that I was in like the top like two or three percent listeners for them. So yay. <laughs> that might have to be my answers on album. Just I'm just like, what? Yeah, like, what's this album? What's this album? What's this album? This band's been around since 05. There's so much to listen to. <laughs> it, it's funny because I, I have the, the two bands that I was in the top 1% most listened to on Spotify last year. I can't actually say either of their names because they both include words that are considered curse words. Uh, and because we don't have the explicit content wording on this podcast, I can't actually say either of those bands' names. Um, Oops. But, which is F buttons and uh, Holy F. But <laughs> Holy F is particularly great because like the, the two uh, albums that I'm missing uh, for the, to have all of their stuff on vinyl, one of two just arrived. So now I'm waiting for the other one to come over from Sweden, but I'll arrive at some point. Um, all right. So now that Jess has answered the question, do you, do you want to take the, the next one that we got on the list here? Me? Yeah. You. I read the last one. It's your turn. Okay. The one about the the. Do you think the number? This one. The one that yeah. I. The, the one that I skipped. Yeah. Okay. Do you think the number of streamers is nearing a saturation point? If not, in what genres do you see room for growth? What kind of content interests you, and what do the streamers watch? So, who's the streamers here? Yes. Us? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. Do do either of you guys want to take this one? Um. This I've, is a loaded question. Yeah. The thing is, is like I don't know what they mean by a saturation point. You know, like is there a, like to the point where there's no discoverability? Are they saying that it's, mm -hmm. you know? I, I think that I think that's what they're saying. Or, 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 or I okay. guess maybe like they're asking about discoverability, but also at the same time like. Should there not be more streamers on Twitch or on YouTube, I guess? Like, is there more people streaming than audience? I think that's kind of what the yeah. question is. Yeah, isn't that statistically, like, a thing? I mean, if we want to talk about... ages, though. If, if we want to talk about saturation point on Twitch, it's like we kind of hit that the second Fortnite came out, right? Like, that, that was why people were leaving Twitch when Fortnite was big, was because you couldn't get any views, so you'd go to other platforms because there, you'd actually get views there. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I mean, obviously, 
there there are a lot of streamers and i don't have any statistics on hand but there are so many streamers out there who hardly get any viewership and i don't necessarily i don't necessarily quantify that as being oversaturated i more think that this is maybe an issue more so to do with discoverability and the way that Twitch tends to funnel viewership towards people who already have it. For instance, mm -hmm. to be on the front page, you have to already be quite successful and um, everything is ordered in terms of numbers. And so viewers tend to be funneled top down. And so, and of course, if you just are browsing in a basic system or it, um, basic sorting on Twitch, you are just going to see top, top streamers first, all the way to the bottom. And people just, people just go to the, to, you know, the top row, maybe the second row and don't really go much further down. And so I don't necessarily think that's a sign of oversaturation. I think that a lot of people would see much more success if there was more opportunity for discoverability. The only problem, though, is, like, with discoverability, it's hard for them, right? Because, you know, it's kind of common logic that they want tried-and-true streamers to be the ones that people are going to. They don't want, you know, this one person who has a really bad headset mic who barely talks to be uh, I don't know if that's directed to. I mean, Ms. Kiff disagrees. <laughs> um, okay, but, like, what I'm saying is, like, you don't want someone whose stream quality is low and isn't tried and true. You want to be sending everybody to your tried and true. And then maybe, like, have something for, um, I, you know, up and coming or whatever, but... When it comes to Twitch and standards, the only standard that matters is, do you say racial slurs? No? Okay, you're fine. You can be on front page. And that's, like, the stuff I've seen on the front page of Twitch is, like, definitely does not echo that sentiment um i'm looking at a stat right now which says the peak number of streamers um during 2021 was 9.89 million in a month um december had yeah, 7.57 million now keep in mind uh 70 of those probably have around one to zero viewers so if you yeah, how many how many viewers on the platform individual viewers i don't have that stat in front of me um Hold on. But yeah, it, it, it here, I, I will link this very large link in, uh, in our podcast room so that we can see it. But, um, there's there, the site essentially doubled in size, uh, from about two to 4 million active users or active streamers, um, in 2018 to 2019, 2018, it peaked at 4.54 million active streamers, um, when, uh, Fortnite released. And then in 2020, uh, peaked up to 7 million at the very beginning of 2020 um, and then up to uh, the peak of 9.89 million. It has since dropped down to 7 to 8 million again uh, based on the month uh, and it kind of fluctuates based on what the pandemic is doing. Um, as far as saturation point in Twitch, absolutely. I, we, we hit the saturation point like five years ago. Um, this, this It became difficult to grow on Twitch about five years ago. Um because five years ago would be 2017. Yep, yeah, that's 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 about when it became difficult to just like organically get viewers. Um, the site, it's I, but here's here's like the double edged sword, right? I feel like Twitch is undersaturated. Like I, I feel like 
there aren't enough people streaming on Twitch because 80% of the games I play, I'm the only person streaming. Um, but that's because of the games I play, right? It also drastically limits the amount of audience that I can have, right? Um, I think both of you will often are playing games that have more people watching, but even in like the case of Sui, I know that you play a, a, a lot of like smaller farming games and like life sims that don't necessarily have like mountains of viewership. Oh yeah, no, I sometimes play games that don't have anybody else streaming, but yeah. I have found, um, like for example, when I was playing Grow, um, Song of the Evertree, I would have people come in like, hey, finally, like a bigger streamer is playing this and would get really excited. It's like, oh my God, somebody with more than three viewers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I got that a few times, which was really interesting. Yeah. I, I get that sometimes too. I, I, like, I, I think the problem is, is Twitch has made it very easy to look like you can just go make money on the platform. Like, They've mm -hmm. turned it into a money-making platform. When I started, it was a, hey, you can stream if you want. Like, there was really no way to make money when I started. Back when I started, you needed 300 concurrent viewers to get partnered, and you needed that for, like, three months straight, basically. Um, yes. Like, that's what they said. It's like, get to about 300 concurrent viewers and hold that for about three months, and we'll think about partnering you. Um, so you basically didn't get partnered back in the day. Um, if you wanted to make money, it was tips. And... And that was a worse system. It was harder to make a living. Like, there was f way fewer full-time streamers back then. Um, it wasn't really a career path back then. It wasn't something that you could do realistically as a job. Um, now it is, but that's a double-edged sword because everybody wants to do it as a job, right? Mm -hmm. The era of, I'm going to stream to my five friends is significantly less. Like, if you just go to the Fortnite directory or any other really busy directory like the Grand Theft Auto directory and scroll down very far until you find people with 5 to 10 viewers, every other person's got a fancy overlay, tips, a full description. Like, they, they look just as professional as any, any I don't want to say, like, of us, but as any full-time streamer. Like, uh, most of them have just as good stream quality as anybody else. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's not necessarily a problem, but the issue is everybody goes into this with the goal or the vast majority of people who start streaming now are going in with a thought in the back of the head, I could do this for a living. When I started, that wasn't the case. So it seems like it's so much harder now, when in reality, it's exactly the same difficulty as it was before in a lot of ways. You find a community of people that you jive with, you hang out with them and you talk in their chats, and you become a member of their community, and communities support each other. And that's the way Twitch has always been. Back in the day, if you wanted to grow, you made friends. Now, if you want to grow, you make friends. Twitch's algorithms suck, and the recommendations algorithm are, uh, and the recommendations algorithms are terrible and weighted towards people who are making money already. Like one of the best ways to actually get new viewers is get a hype train because Twitch puts you on the hype train section of the front page. Um, but like, at the same time, the vast majority of the growth and traffic I've gotten on my channel over the past few years is from people I've met, other streamers who also have people watching and that's that's the way to grow on twitch it's always been the way to grow on twitch and if uh, the directory or game that you're playing is too saturated on twitch it's going to be too saturated on youtube it's going to be too saturated on any other platform move to a new category find something that works um find something that you enjoy that isn't as popular and the audience won't show up naturally you'll have to do work to make them show up but you can make almost anything work on Twitch now, which I think is actually a benefit. There is so much on Twitch. It Certain directories are super oversaturated to the point where 
I think it's actually easier to grow as a more niche streamer now, which wasn't as possible a couple of years ago. So, mm. yeah. And so that, that's kind of what I was getting at where I said, it's not necessarily oversaturated. Like if you're trying to stream whatever the big game is nowadays, um, Overwatch, I think PUBG is still big for some reason, or, um, I'm just gonna I, go I, look at the most popular directors yeah, on Twitch. Go I'm on. Trying to pull a game out of my head, and I, League, I don't. The, this this is the top viewed categories right now. Just chatting. League of Legends, Valorant, Grand Theft Auto Five, Pokemon Legends, Apex Legends, Fortnite. People are very uncreative with game names. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone, Garena Free Fire, uh, World of Warcraft, FIFA, Slots, which makes me want to throw up. Minecraft, Halo Infinite, Sports. I love that there's just a generic sports directory. Uh, <laughs> Dead by Daylight, Escape from Tarkov, Music. You know, like. Okay, yeah, so I'm, yeah, no, PUBG's still on this list. Yeah, yeah somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just have to scroll down a little bit. If you are in any of these categories, it's oversaturated. Mm -hmm. Like, like without a doubt, yes. But you um, mentioned a while back about being a niche streamer, and um, there are hardly ever enough streamers in those categories, and that is exactly where I do feel like I would like to see more growth to come back around to the question where, what genres do you see room for growth? These niche categories, because I find myself wanting to play so many little things and I'm like, I can't, I can't grow playing that. And I, mm -hmm. I don't play these things because I, I know it's not going to work. Yeah, I, I like I said, it's a, it's a double-edged sword kind of being super niche. Um, but like you can have like smaller mainstays. Like I'm just scrolling down right now. Like a game like My Summer Car. You know, um, currently there's 1,100 people playing that game, and the fourth highest viewed stream has 30 viewers, 30 concurrence. It's like you could absolutely mm. jump into that and see a little bit of growth if you play it consistently. Um, or even something like. I don't know, Sui and Stream Raiders, you know? <laughs> or uh, mm -hmm. like, um, scrolling down a little further, Warhammer, Total War, uh, has like a thousand people watching right now. Like, that, that's another category I could argue you could see some growth in if you tried. Um, like, there's, there, there's, there's ways of, of growing on Twitch that I require more creativity, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think that the site big categories being oversaturated is a strength and not a weakness um during the various like everybody's leaving twitch to go to x platform escapades that have happened over the years every single time i look at it and go yeah but i can't play dwarf fortress and get new viewers every day there um mm -hmm. but i know that if i play dwarf fortress on twitch i still get a couple like it's not huge but i get a couple followers a day off of that just organically finding dwarf fortress searching for it DLive doesn't even have a Dwarf Fortress directory. <laughs> like, you can't stream that game on there. You have to go in their demos section. Um, so I, 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 I don't think that the oversaturation is a problem. But there's a second half of this question here, um, which is what, what genres do we see room for growth? And there's a third part, but... Um, kind of already covered that. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I would, I, I would like to see more growth in niche categories to be able to... Um, sort of lean into this variety focus that I have a, a bit heavier without having to yeah. be worried about my viewership. At the same time, content on Twitch is very, um, I guess I would say, 
or the hotness on Twitch is always very ephemeral. So people are always moving to the next big thing. And so that makes it really hard to foster growth in some of these categories because people come to Twitch just like, hey, this game just came out. What's it about? I'm going to go to Twitch and see. And then the sale's over, people are over it. And that game isn't going to be for you to grow anymore. Yeah. Like I, I've, I, it's really hard to answer that question specifically because I don't think there is an answer. Like what, mm -hmm. yep. what category and genre has the room for growth? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, is Fortnite going to get bigger? Eh, <laughs> can it? Um, like is League of Legends going to get bigger? I mean, it's already pretty big. Um, can Grand Theft Auto make more money? Probably. They just need to put another, like, stock... Like, they just need to put, like, another way of gambling your money in there. Um, but... I mean, it, 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 this is a loaded question because I don't know if this is a person who's trying to get into streaming who's just asking for us for... Asking us for free advice or if this is somebody who's just genuinely curious about the marketplace. I think for mm -hmm. us, the, like, us as a team, like, Halcyon Frequency as a team, the biggest room for growth in general is probably just niche variety that we're already doing. Um, like, there's a reason we play the games that we play. Um, I play my hyper-specific niche games with the hope that when the Steam version of DF launches um, or the premium version of Dwarf Fortress launches, my YouTube channel will take off in a way that it'll support my Twitch channel in the weird niche games where I'm the only person playing. So... A lot of the games that I play, I don't expect to get any growth from them. Um, so oh, me I'm too. probably a bad person to ask about that even. Yeah, I've stopped caring, honestly. I'm just playing what I feel like at this point. Yeah. Because I don't need that stress in my life. You also have us backing you, so you, you have a bit of an unfair advantage there too. True, true. So. I do like uh, the last part of their question though. Uh, do you want to read that out again? Yeah, it everybody. says, what kind of content interests you? What do the streamers watch? Um, and I think that's interesting because I actually don't watch most streams very much. I watch mostly like Netflix, YouTube, and anime. That new Ozark um, season is real good. <laughs> um, the only streamers I really watch are my friends. So like I'll watch, you know, members of Halcyon Frequency and a few of my other friends that play indie games as well. I like chill streams so I can do work while I'm doing them, watching them. That's all I really got. Jess? What does Jess watch? Uh, I, I watch... I watch a lot. Um, mostly I watch what I play. <laughs> so I follow a ton of streamers who play strategy and simulation management. I do also enjoy watching other people be good at first-person shooters, so sometimes I watch that stuff. Um, I think you probably covered this one on the last podcast, the question that I asked about Guilty Pleasure games. Mm. For me, for me, that one's Overwatch, so I am, like, um, you know, uh, boycotting it because Blizzard, but I still want to play, so I've been watching other people play Overwatch because... You know, I'm doing a good job at having my boycott. <laughs> well, hope hopefully that boycott won't be needed once they unionize. Yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> so I, I watch people play Overwatch and stuff. So I'm like, 
Uh, <laughs> I, uh, this is what I do. <laughs> well, uh, my the channel I watch most is somebody who has a very inconsistent schedule. Who? Well, I mean, by that he'll he'll play like eighteen hours a day for like a week, and then he'll be just just disappear for six weeks. Um, he's been streaming for uh, a decade now. I my re, my I've been following him, and whenever people type in slash follow age or exclamation point follow age into people's chat in, 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 into a chat, and it starts popping up, I always do mine because I've been following for twelve years, <laughs> just to like one people up. Um, I don't have the one hundred and ten month resubs like some of his original subs do, but I'm happy with my fifties. Um, abjectly his channel is I, i'm not going to shout him out here even though like I, I do really like his streams his channel is everything i hate about twitch but in the best way possible his chat's like weirdly toxic <laughs> in like the most awful kind of way um it's it's a league of legends stream generally unless he's doing sponsored stuff so it's like almost always just league so just like imagine league chat and that's basically what his chat looks like um it's he listens to like late 2000s metalcore and hardcore and a lot of nine inch nails and stuff on stream so he breaks dmca constantly so he's kind of like my canary in the coal mine if he ever gets banned it means like okay stuff's serious now um but i've i've been watching that league of legends stream for uh as long as twitch has existed um aside from that i'm a big fan of channels like weather news live if you just go to Weather News Live on... I'm watching it right now, actually. I have a tab open. Um, I have uh, 4.1 million channel points on Weather News Live, just to give you an idea how much I watch this stream. It's 24-7 um, Japanese weather with lo-fi hip-hop <laughs> in the background in, Japan, in Japanese. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just lo-fi hip-hop and like people Wait, talking in japanese and it's it's what? so calming half the time they're just looking at their instagram profiles <laughs> like it's not even like very relevant to weather most of the time but I, it, I i i have that up in the background a lot of the time um aside from that i watch a lot of i, I don't want to like be, sound mean but smaller channels um i watch a lot of uh very small dwarf fortress channels i watch a couple very small speedrunners. Um, there's a couple hobbyist channels that I, I really enjoy watching. Um, I, like I, I, uh, rated somebody today named Alligator FK House, which I can't say his full name. So it, it, we'll, we'll do the PPG version, which is Alligator Funk House. Um, but, uh, it's just FK House on Twitch and like, you know, it's just him and his partner in chat most of the time. Then while well, he just plays games and rambles. Um, and I, I just, I like super quiet channels like that. Uh, where I can just pop in and have a conversation with somebody. Um, for bigger streams, I really like games done quick. Um, T-Pain's stream is entertaining sometimes. Um, but I think the majority of the content I consume these days is actually kind of podcasts. Like, I love Nextlander, Giant Bomb. I like uh, uh, the Completely Unnecessary podcast. Um, everything that Waypoint Vice does. Um, Cox and Crendor. Uh, Chiluminati, that kind of stuff. So I, 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 I watch gaming content, but it's not the primary for me, at least on Twitch. The streams I like are just because I want to hang out with the streamer generally. So that's my answer to that question. Um, are we finished with that one at this point? Mm -hmm. the, the what? What do we watch? All right, then let's let's finish this up with the most important question <laughs> on here. Um, so this comes from. I think it's just a random. I've never seen them on the server before. Uh, the Arch plays stuff, I think. 
is how you pronounce that. And uh, they have a very concerning question, which is, why does Sui be so bad? Um, my answer to that is, I don't know, why is Arch so bad? Like, he's so much worse. Seriously. All right. We're waiting for Arch's response. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have that next time you're on the show. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> till then, uh, I think that's pretty much it for this podcast. We were, we were worried about running time. And now I'm looking at this. And we've been recording for an hour, an hour and 52 minutes. So, hey. uh, Lee. Lee. Yeah, it's all that talk about owls and iguanas and chameleons. And, mm -hmm. uh surviving vampires and I, I, that, that questions and answer section um so i, I think i'm gonna wrap <laughs> up this podcast now and just say so uh, if you want to get your questions read on that question and answer section once again join the halcyon frequency discord uh where you can find various links around for that uh, especially on the website halcyonfrequency.com uh and that will give you the links to the discord you can ask us questions they don't have to be related to video games they can be about basically anything within reason and uh uh, my, my, my name is Blind, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L. Suey, where can people find you? They can find me at twitch.tv slash Suey, um, Twitter Suey, at Suey Streams, and YouTube is Suey as well. Dan, Jess? <laughs> uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash whoa, I guess, W-O-A-H-H, -H, this is the proper spelling, um, underscore, Jess, J-E-S-S. And you can also find me around inconsistently without the underscore. So there's another whoa Jess out there who is holding on to my coveted name. I, Making me inconsistent. I, I mean, <laughs> consistency is inconsistency if you look at it backwards. So um, that doesn't make any sense. But just like many other things that don't make any sense, uh, you should... Uh, Go, go leave this podcast a review on iTunes about how blind makes no sense. Uh, and um, just, I, I wanted to shout out that we are the number one most popular video game podcast in Honduras. So I don't know which one of you hooligans that is, but uh, congrats. <laughs> We're famous now. Um, and uh, <laughs> all, all of that being said, I, I think that's that's this episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. We'll, we'll hear you next, or you'll hear us again next week. Bye. Bye.